Welcome to episode 33 of Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and with me as always is Mr. Matt Leach. Hi, Hello. how are you? I'm good. We're good. Who we got? We have Gabby Lord. So, we had a lot of complaints about the Maggie episode. Oh, very bad representation of what Berlin is like. So, <laughs> so using the ADR budget again. Oh, wow. We've uh, flown in another Australian living in Berlin to give us the real story of what Berlin's all about. <laughs> uh, so, Gabby is well known to Sydney Siders, I would say, um, probably through Creative Mornings. So, one of the founding members of Sydney Credit Morning or Very early, early member. member. Yeah. We'll put it as early member. Early member. <laughs> Poor Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. And then you were still at college yes. when you started working. Yes. So you started working at Houston originally where you probably met Maggie. Yeah. Maggie and I met that faithful day at uh, Houston. <laughs> I actually remember what she was wearing, which kind of sounds creepy, but she was dancing to R. Kelly with Nicole. You don't forget that kind of thing. No, exactly. It was a vivid, <laughs> it's a vivid memory. Yeah. What was she wearing? Uh, shorts, obviously. She's right. an advocate of shorts and a stripy, stripy singlet. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. In, in the memory. So you were working there when you won the Fabrica New Start. Award is it the award or yeah? Internship? I mean, they have two awards. One, it's a new star competition, and mm-hmm. then the award is like one is the new star award, and one is the Fabrica award. Okay. Um, which one I, did you win? The Fabrica right. one. I wanted the other one though. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, the other one I could have gone to New York, which is what I originally wanted. Ah. But um, I wasn't. I still wasn't. I wasn't complaining or anything. So Fabrica is in Italy. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I entered that when I was still in uni because I used to sell the tickets for, to the event and I did that for a few years while I was studying and it was kind of the last year for me to enter the competition and I'd been promoting it for two years so I thought I should <laughs> probably take my own advice and enter it because it was my last year to do it. Um, and, yeah, then the year after I won it. And so, th- so that was at AG Ideas they announced that. So you were obviously there. In the audience. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. They line you up like sheep all along the stage. <laughs> I and remember. Then, yeah, it's super awkward. You're a bunch I, of little dots. Yeah. I was there, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's super awkward, but yeah, it was still pretty good to hear my name. Although the whole thing kind of it felt a bit like a dream, really, because then yeah. there's all these photos and weird stuff. And you feel like a celebrity for two minutes. And you're like, all right, <laughs> back to reality. <laughs> Like, Gabby's made it. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. So, what happens? Like, explain what, what exactly happens with this award, which is called Gabrica. Gabri- Gabrica, yeah, exactly. Nice. Bringing in the puns already. Bringing in the puns already because <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got a good name for it because Gabby rhymes with me, so I can put my name in pretty much any hip-hop song. There it oh, is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... It's kind of weird because the year that I won it, it was it changed quite a bit. I think it was like the last year they did it like that. Basically, you just get an email. Someone just emails you out of the blue and it's like, hey, we'll be in touch. And then a few weeks later, they kind of, you know, see if you're available to do it which year and then they lock in the dates because there's other people doing the trial with you. They it sounds like a reality TV show already. It does a little because it's Italian like a giant, everyone's in the house. TV. Yeah, everyone I feel like there's a dance off at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. A design off maybe. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So, then they pretty much said it's these weeks. I went over in September. So, it's nice weather in Italy that time of year, which was good. Mm. I had a bunch of other people 
from around the world. There was a Peruvian guy who lives in New York um, who had come to Italy for it. And I'm actually still friends with him. I caught up with him in um, when I was in New York and have kept in touch with him and uh, met some other cool people. But uh, it was, yeah, a very bizarre experience. I think I understand Fabrica less now that I've been there. Really? So <laughs> explain, explain more about that. Uh, it's um, – well – it's really hard. I don't know if you've ever tried to Google Fabrica, but it's like the hardest place to like understand yeah. what it is. Yeah, because I heard of Fabrica when they went, and these people won the Fabrica Award, and I was like, "Cool, okay, what's that?" Yeah, so I'm like on my 3s, like trying to Google, <laughs> trying to find it. I'm like, I cannot find this thing anywhere. Yeah, I mean, even I remember Desktop Magazine did like a feature on it as well, and even mm. after reading that, I'm like, no, but, "But what? What is it? I don't right. know." It's yeah, it's very bizarre, but it's this it's this amazing building. And they call them they call it a, a creative resource laboratory research laboratory thing. Uh, yeah, I don't really know if that's a good way to explain it either. <laughs> right. It was um, basically I went over and I arrived, and um, the visual communication department, which I assumed that I would be in, had shut down a month earlier. Oh. Uh, and I was not aware of this. They didn't care to tell me. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah. I, I met the other VizCon people, but they were kind of all being like moved into other departments. It was kind of – it had been dissolved basically. <laughs> they, they, they were just really wow. sad, bit depressed. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there wasn't really anywhere for me to go. So, it was kind of weird because I was like, um, <laughs> the guy who chose me to come over as well didn't work there anymore. didn't even live in Italy This anymore. sounds so like my internship that I did. It sounds like I, it sounds like I could have just turned up yeah. and said, hey, like I won the like, New Zealand – version or yeah, something. You probably could. You'll probably just do it tomorrow if you want to trip to Italy. It's a free accommodation. So what did you do at Xavier's school for gifted designers? <laughs> <laughs> um well Colors magazine is uh, in yeah. the same building. Yeah. Right. So um I got kind of shoved in there. But uh <laughs> but there wasn't even like a table for me to sit at where everyone else was. So I sat in the old like Viscom department by myself. By yourself in the yeah. in the shutdown Viscom department. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was pretty sad. Okay. So then it was, yeah, two weeks of kind of pretending to do work for colors, but the magazine was kind of already done and they were just artworking and waiting on copy to come in. And yeah, it was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Here's your prize. Yeah. It was a pretty epic letdown, but uh, it still was a free trip to Italy. So, yeah. and I met some cool people. But yeah, I definitely wasn't inspired to return there. Like right. other people have. And I mean, people have gone back since, like after me, obviously, like other Australian people have gone over and have obviously liked it because they've stayed, but it just felt a bit too studenty for me. Like at that point, I'd been working at Houston for nearly a year and really felt, you know, at least like a junior, you know, pretty confident junior designer. And I didn't really yeah. want to fall back into the student life of, you know, like taking, oh, what were they working on? I don't know, just like these deadlines were so long. Like at Houston, the, right. the turnarounds were crazy. And, it's like you know, classic student projects. Yeah, so you had like way too long to work on things, so you never got anything done. And, you know, it's Italy, so everyone's having cigarette breaks every 10 minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's have coffee, let's have a cigarette. I'm like, mm, when are we going to do something? Right. Yeah. Okay. Did you, did you, were you in touch at all with the person that went to New York? 
Like, did they just have this amazing, like, Don Draper experience <laughs> and you're sitting in Italy speaking and drinking coffee? Well, we were living together. So, the, the four of us that were doing the trial, we were all living together. Right. So, we got to, like, bitch about it on the bus on the way home and stuff. Right. Um, okay. But he was a uh, motion – he did film. So, he was in a totally different department that still existed. So, he oh, was hey, having – That's a bonus. Yeah. He was having more fun than me, I think. Um, <laughs> but he he had a very bizarre experience as well. Like, it's it, it was – during a time where they were restructuring the whole the whole thing, so they would they were eventually going to dissolve all of the departments and form studios and just basically set it up a whole different way. So I kind of came at a point where that was all happening. So mm. I think now maybe it would be a completely different experience if I was to go over. Because um, yeah, I think it would be maybe a bit more set up now. But at the time, it was kind of like. What am I doing? Yeah, sometimes here? you can just get really unlucky like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, who knows if I would have enjoyed it anyway? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was one thing to tick off that I didn't want to do at least. So, good. <laughs> process of elimination. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you're in Berlin now. Yes. And you're working for Colorbright. Yes. Freelancing there. Freelancing there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm kind of a permi lancer. It's, I'm there a lot. <laughs> um, but that kind of came out of – this is why Fabrica wasn't really a bad, wasn't a bad thing by any means because uh, at the time Maggie had already moved to Berlin and we'd stayed in touch because we obviously became really close at Houston. We were on the same time zone again, which was lethal for chat <laughs> messaging. <laughs> and I had no work, so I was just stoked to be on the same time zone as her. And – as Australians do when you're flying to Europe, you're like, oh, well, just tag on Berlin, it's close. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, after Fabrica, I went and stayed with her for a week in Berlin. And I'd been once before, but I was 18 and an idiot, so I didn't really appreciate it. And this time I was 22 and an idiot, so I went over <laughs> and spent some time with her. And she was at – that was when she was at Font Font, I think, at that time. Um, but, yeah, she took the week off and we just rode around – bikes and I really got to see the city as a local and it was yeah I was just like oh Berlin is yeah Berlin's pretty cool and I can I could this could work this could happen so you're going back to Berlin right Right, this is a holiday yeah this is a holiday yes my flight is booked and a color ride have already asked if I'm coming back and that if I don't return that they should come looking for me oh (laughs) really yeah (laughs) my parents will probably kidnap me so so what was it about Berlin at that time like do you remember things that stood out to you that really it was more a lifestyle thing like the Mm -hmm. bike this sounds ridiculous but biking was just I've always wanted to do it like just have live in a city where I can ride my bike everywhere I, I loved Amsterdam when I went there the first time for that reason yeah, I just had this vision in my head of like having a bike and having, you know, the like, groceries in the front basket. And of course, <laughs> it's not actually like that at all. You're just a hot, sweaty mess cycling everywhere. But <laughs> it's still, it is it is definitely worth it. I do really love having a bike and being able to bike everywhere. And and they're taken, they're given the kind of right away as well, aren't they? Yeah, they're a, a legitimate um, mode of transport on the mm. road. Like, we have our own <laughs> traffic lights. It's awesome. It sounds silly to say, but yeah, I, like, usually ride my bike to and from work and it totally feels like you do not belong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the culture here is very different towards cyclists and, like, cars will stop for you all the time when, when you're on a bike and wow. um, you, ha- you have your own, like, lanes are pretty much everywhere. Like, it's pretty rare to, to go down a street that doesn't have a a bike lane and it's outrageous if it doesn't like you know people will hear <laughs> right. about it and every every year actually they have the the cycling the cycling protesting and my parents just happened to be over when it was on last year 
and um, it was 250,000 cyclists. We all, they closed down the, the autobahn and you get to ride along there. And Wow. Yeah, it's, it was a really awesome experience. So, they take biking very seriously. Yeah. That's great though. <laughs> I mean, that's, I know in Sydney they've, they've been trying to do that. I think motorists still have the say, the final say sort of thing and, and still it's just not happening. But it, it may happen. We may become like Berlin one day. I feel like we need to grow out of it and I think it'll be the next generation if they embrace mm. it. But yeah. I think it, people are too stuck with Crown Street should go this fast and Oxford Street should go this fast yeah. and I don't think anyone that grew up with it being any other way yeah. wants it to change. I don't know. I've seen Seems, a few, it's too messy. Yeah. I've seen a few of the bike paths, which is I'm like, oh, this is nice, but you can still only really ride your bike down one street. You're yes. just like yeah. up and down. Okay, cool. And then, and then, then you're on your own. Yeah. It's like- <laughs> I was walking down a street uh, yesterday. I can't remember which, don't know which one it is. It's just where Oxford Street ends and goes into the city. And I've noticed like a couple of cyclists coming up the footpath. And it was like five o'clock. And I'm like, it's a bit weird. Like that guy looked like he was completely decked out in all the gear. And I just thought it was quite a strange thing for him to be on the footpath. And I, I said that to Claire and I said, it's a bit weird for him to be. And then another person did it. Another person did it. And I'm like, why are they doing that? I realized it's because it's a one-way street. And I've got a bike lane coming up this way from George Street. And then it just stops. So there's nowhere for them to go yeah. unless they go into oncoming traffic or go up the, I, go up I, the path. And I'm just thinking. I kind of like that though because it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like, look, we've helped you along this, this far. Now, now it's up to now, you. Now go to hell. <laughs> I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, working in Berlin, now I've heard you talk about this before in the sense that it's a pretty amazing work-life balance. They really respect that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, things don't really open um, till late anyway. So, a normal work day will start at 10 a.m. Really? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's ama- It's actually, <laughs> it's amazing. I would, al- I would always start at 10 now if I hopefully have the chance forever because you get so much done in the morning. Like, yeah. you can always, you have no excuse not to work out basically yeah. because you have a whole extra hour in the morning to go for a run or go to the gym. Yeah. It's just made such a difference in that sense or you can get up and, um, like you can do an hour of work or something like your personal project in the morning or sit down and have a proper breakfast, not like try and scoff down a smoothie on the way on the three three three. Like it's Yeah. And do you and do you work later then though? No, not really. No. Like we we that's Beautiful. the other thing. Like, yeah, we'd finish most days around seven in summer, sometimes five thirty. Like and we everyone has lunch together as well. Like everyone has an hour lunch break. Lunch is pretty sacred. Unless you wanted to leave early and you might take something shorter, but having an hour lunch break is definitely not a sin like it mm. is in agency life here. Yeah. Like even, I don't know, the amount of people that eat lunch at their desk here just is so bad. Like sitting down and just having your lunch set away from your desk, let alone taking an hour is just like unheard of. Mm. Um, I think even even here we mostly eat at our desk, don't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's and it's the culture we're brought up on. It's like a product yeah. of our environment, kind of thing. Yeah, like we don't even work for an agency. There's only eight people here. No one's going to have a problem if we go. No, eat eat lunch out. But it's important. I'll, I'll just make a little don't. note down. Flynn went out today. Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think it's the implication that you're not working as hard as you should be if you aren't eating lunch at your desk, or yeah. if you aren't like grinding the whole time that you're here, or. I don't know. But there's, there's so much research now that proves that that actually is counterproductive. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I'm, yeah. 
maybe if I moved back here, I would fall back straight into it. I, I honestly don't know. But yeah, I just think it's so much more productive. And mm. it kind of sounds like very, bla- you know, like a blase kind of work environment. But it's it's certainly not like that at all. It's just head down when you're working and then have a break, like mm. go have lunch, go outside when it's not minus 15. And um, <laughs> yeah, come back and do some more work and then go home, Have go to the park or do something. In summer, you like always have plans like, every afternoon so everyone wants to get out of there um but yeah and and so what's the industry like over there uh well it's very different it's a very different industry to the one that i was in here i think that's mainly because i'm working in a digital agency so yeah color bright is digital but i do do some branding and graphic design for them as well obviously it's more of a tech scene. Like it, it's obviously very renowned for startups as things like, you know, Ableton and SoundCloud and very music dominated mm. city as well. They, there's a lot of musicians, like you can't swing a cat without hitting a DJ. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's a girl got to do to swing a cat and roll in? Um, yeah, can't do it. I think that's the name <laughs> for the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could be. I'm, I'm just waiting for a delicious pun. Like, I feel like I what, be letting Gabby down. What is it about the puns? Because you've written on the show notes puns. Yeah, this is like a really unprofessional way to, like, create the show notes. But I don't know. Like, Gabby's, if I if I could say, is, like, really into puns. I, I would agree. Is that, is is that, it, is is that, that fair how, enough? Yeah, I think that's, that's how you guys bonded because I know you're really into puns. And so, I'm really into puns. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. we ha- kind of have that in common. And, like, I think, I think even there's been an episode or two that we've spoken about. And you're like, sweet. Sweet episode title, by the way. And I was just like, if Gabby likes my episode title, then success is had by all. Right. I do appreciate a good pun. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, we worked together with Creative Mornings for quite a long time. Yes. As well. We still miss you. I miss Creative Mornings as well a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's not the same in Berlin, I will will say. Really? Why not? I mean, it's obviously great, but now it's... um, the speaker has the choice to do it in German or in English, so there goes half the talks I can attend or understand right. at least. I can I spend too much of my time smiling politely, not understanding. So I I try to avoid it when I can. Are you um, Are you doing Duolingo though? Have you seen? Y- yeah, just doing the German one now. There is um yeah I I I do have Duolingo on my phone. Um, <laughs> right, the same way that I have the weather app on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> I would look at it. I've opened that app ever before in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, I got into it quite a bit, but at some point you have to kind of upgrade from Duolingo. You can't really learn to speak fluent German, right? Uh, that way, but I did classes for a few months and got pretty into it. But then summer, so. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's kind of hard because you really, you know, I really do want to learn, um, and I've definitely learned a lot. Since I knew literally nothing when I when I landed, so I can, as I think Maggie mentioned, taxi German. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can if you get to taxi German, like that's what most people will get to. But I can understand a lot, and like obviously a lot of the people in the office are German, and they have lots of conversations in German. And based on context, I can get, gather quite a lot. Or mm. sometimes people will speak to me in German, and I'll just talk back in English or but yeah I can get by very basic kind of situations but I as much as I would really love to learn um all the classes are like three hours after work yeah at a time so it, it's pretty brutal when you could do it in the morning there's no excuse yeah, yeah, yeah that- this is the thing yeah you're right I, <laughs> I don't no no because they're, they're not running it because that's work for the people who okay because they, they will be at work yeah so time. they yeah right, so they cool. can't do it fair enough <laughs> Yeah, no, I 
I uh, I should do it. But yeah, just uh, it's just not happening. <laughs> it, they kind of there are only so many hours in the day. Like you do have to kind of choose. And I've beaten myself up about not knowing German for well for yeah over a year now. But um, I think you just gotta you gotta let some things go. Like you just can't. It's that age old saying of you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And I just can't. I can't do it all. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so talk to us more about that though, because that's one of the things I was really keen to talk to you about, like personal projects and passion projects and that kind of thing like you're doing this newsletter yeah so i started that almost a year ago now which is crazy to think that i've done sent a newsletter out every week for nearly 52 weeks um but yeah i I was trying to think when you said you wanted to talk about that i was trying to think of when like what made me start that and i Mm. actually can't remember (laughs) what it was yeah i think it It seems so purposeful yeah i know that's that's kind of the weird thing i think i just it was like a random thing i i thought i would try but because I am purposeful in the sense that I, I can't just like – if you give me a blank canvas, like I just won't know what to do. If you give me a blank mm. canvas with a grid, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I can work with this. Like <laughs> I can put this in there. So, you need like a Mr. Squiggle kind of start off? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I tried to define some I – I defined a structure straight away. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm going to have, you know, an intro where I can kind of talk loosely about stuff and then I'll put a resource like – Hmm. I do, yeah, the resource of the week thing and then link out to blog posts. So, I think I think the reason I originally started it was to have a bit more accountability for the blog because I'm terrible at blogging. And it's something I do enjoy doing, but I found it hard to really commit to it. And mm-hmm. when no one's there, it's hard to show up. So, yeah. I think um, that, that I struggled with. Whereas, and I think for some reason in my head, I thought, well, newsletter, if people are expecting something in their inbox, then that I'm accountable for that. So if I do that, then I have to have stuff to link out to, which means I have to write the blog post. So I have to have something to put in my newsletter. And right. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of just a way to trick myself into doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like you it's like you wake up in the morning and, and then it's kind of like, oh, I guess I got to do all these things. Damn you past Gabby. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, I would love to I would love to say that I do it in the morning, but it's usually at like 11 o'clock on Sunday night. And I'm like, shit. Yeah. I but, but I like that. So I, I, I can't remember if, if we spoke about it on air or whether we spoke about it just when we're having a chat to, to Maggie and we realized we probably should be recording all the conversations yeah. we're having, um, which was kind of the discipline to do it. And so kind of going, like actually doing it even when you don't want to do it. Yeah. Like finding that kind of energy that, no, I, I gave myself this brief and actually doing it because that, in my experience, is where people fall short all the time. And I'm guilty of it as well with, with things. But like those side projects, like people mm. have conversations and see people doing it all the time. It's like, oh, hey, I started this thing. It's like, that's fantastic. Because you're at the height of your energy when yeah. you first start it, right? It's like you see it every Christmas. It's almost like a like a, um, New a designer's New version of a New Year's yeah. resolution. It's kind of yeah. like, I'm going to tweet every day <laughs> or I'm going to write a Medium post every day. Yeah. And it's what, mid-February and just the I majority will. of that. I'm going to start that next week. Yeah. Completely. Because it's the first thing you give up when things get tough, right? Yeah. So, I guess the question, if there's a question in there, it's kind of like that motivation of actually doing it when you don't really have the energy. Well, the main thing is accountability. Like, if I say I'm going to do something, I have to do it. I can't. But you could cheat, right? That's what people do. So, che- why don't you cheat? What do you mean cheat? I can just not do it. Just not do it. Because I have, like, you know, X amount of people subscribed now and they're expecting okay, the newsletter cool. Cool. in their inbox. You, you, you could get someone to write it for you. <laughs> I could. But one of the things, like, I think one of the things that people 
subscribe to it is because they can tell it's me. Like I think I've had a lot yeah. of people write back and go, oh, my God, that this just felt like a conversation with you. We were just sitting down and laughing and like I can really hear you talking and stuff. So I think I really love it when people say that because I don't, I don't have like a style or anything. I just write how I would talk. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever people ask about writing or writing about design stuff, I'm just like, it's not just write how you would talk. Like everyone gets this weird voice when they start typing for some reason and they yeah. start acting really formal or like start throwing in weird words. They wouldn't I'm guilty you- of that. Yeah. yeah. But people- I, t- I type things I would never say. It's oh, easy to do. I have such a better vocabulary in, in writing than I do in actual talking. Yeah. It's so weird. Mm. Yeah. It's, I, I love the title though as well. So, o- OMG Lord. OMG Lord, yeah. That came from Houston actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was at Houston when that – I can't remember. It might have been Alex Tui that, that coined that. But it, it was basically this new program had come out and I was like super excited about it. And when I get excitable, I say, oh, my God, a lot. But I was just like, oh, my God, look at this and look at this and it does this. And I was just super excited and then – they were all ripping on me being like, oh, my God, oh, I'm G-Lord. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They kind of rolled with it. Yeah. So, so, you've done it 52 weeks. Almost. I think it's – I think in March is when it's 52 weeks. But, yeah, there, there are some weeks that are harder than others. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't usually plan what I'm writing either. I just kind of sit down on Sunday and do it um, and to see what comes to mind. So, I don't plan anything. But – I bookmark constantly. Like if I see things, I'm like, oh, that could go in this week. And I've started a spreadsheet now for the Ooh. resources because I'm just getting out of control. I want to share like 20 things every week. So it's really hard narrowing it down to just one thing. And of course, if you share 20 things, people, people don't care. People, yeah. don't, people look at it and go, Whoa. I just look at the first thing. Too hard basket. Yeah. Right. It's like, um, like yeah. sidebar product hunt. Like you, you, you see this thing change from like the newsletter style. Let's give like big thing, lots of little things, another couple of little things and all this stuff. So, it's too much content. No yeah. one's ever going to click it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, this more like tiny little like message. Yeah. Which I think yours does in a really nice way as well as the language. Yeah. Because like if you give people too much, it's just too much. You can go too hard basket. I'm not going to read that. Yeah. But I remember, I remember um, reading in a, let's just say a blog, but someone talking about like the idea is to get people out of, of the email because no one wants to be an email. It's like you talk about you pointing it to your blog or pointing it to resources. Mm. It's like cool, I can get out email now. The work I don't, I'm not working anymore. I'm just kind of looking at yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The art of distraction. Yeah, I yeah. guess there wasn't a question in there. I was, <laughs> giving, I, I was just giving you a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, chapter three: working with Doyle. <laughs> yeah. So you worked for Chris Doyle for quite some time. It actually wasn't quite a long time. It was really? only like six months. Yeah, it, really? was, it really wasn't a long time. He's it was like still an, it feels like an it. era. Yeah, it, <laughs> no, he, he was. Still <laughs> he still complains. Yeah, he actually does. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, it, it definitely was an era for me. Um, and it was completely, it was just one of those things that just happened and wasn't really planned because I had, I left Houston to move overseas basically. But I had no money, so I don't know how I thought I was going to do that. Um, but I was like, oh, maybe I'll just freelance for a bit. And and it was one of those things where, yeah, I just I was just, you know, working quite big hours there and I just had no time to put my folio together or think about how I was actually going to make Berlin or happen other than Maggie sending me 20 million messages being like, come to Berlin. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then I I think I took two weeks off and kind of put my folio together 
Um, but I didn't before I'd even sent it out to anyone. I just get this um, Twitter message from Chris, just being like, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> he's like, yeah, I Not weird at all. No, no. He's like, "Let's let's have coffee next week." And uh, yeah, so then I only I was only meant to work for him for two weeks. So yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. so I did two weeks, and then. Yeah, he got a whole bunch of extra work and decided he really needed someone on. So then I, yeah, was there full time for a while until I went overseas. I think it was kind of good that I had decided to go overseas before mm. he got in touch with me because I don't think I would have left. And he he knows that I think, but yeah, because you guys you guys are pretty close now. You guys are buddies. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. still we're still really close. Kept in touch and have Skype dates. Yeah, from Berlin, and actually the last one, it was really funny. We were wearing the same shirt. <laughs> we like opened it up. And we were both wearing stripy shirts. Were you literally wearing one of his shirts? Is that, is that <laughs> no, that would were? be creepy. That would be creepy. Yeah, is that classic designer thing? Yeah. Like, oh my god, like gray wearing, pocket. Yeah, everything. wearing the same thing. <laughs> okay. Was he was he wearing a dress? Or anything? No, like, okay. I mean, yeah, no. It's he. It wasn't anything like what I'm wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is great radio, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wearing an obnoxiously drop bright pattern dress but for people that know me it's probably expected always wearing a lot of bright colors yeah 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 i try to but berlin has changed me in that sense in in what way everyone wears black and gray colors and when it's really gray it's sometimes hard to just rock a bright yellow jumper (laughs) Uh, yeah everyone's like she's not from here (laughs) (laughs) look like a tourist yeah well i don't know they 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 just know that you know she's not she's not german which i should do more often because because I actually could pass as German. So many people talk to me in the street. They're like asking me for directions or what the time is and stuff. And telling the time in German is so hard. I'm just like, uh, uh, and I just show them my phone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And they see the English on their phone. And they're see like, the, uh, okay. Well, they see the, the numbers, I guess. Mm. But um, but yeah, telling the time in in German is why why is it so? Because it's very specific. Um, they have like, you know. A little bit to the hour, and like tw- a little bit to half of the hour, and half. Right. Um, okay, see, this is the thing I can't understand. <laughs> so we say five thirty; it's half past five. If they say five thirty, it means half to five. Right. So it's completely different. And then, so there's that as well as the language. Obviously, it's in German, not in English. Me being like, it's half to five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. A lot of things to do. Yeah, and normally this is a really quick reaction that someone will give and I'm going through all of this in my head while while <laughs> someone's looking at me and they're just like, oh, dear God, I forget I asked. Like, <laughs> like sometimes yeah. if you look at an analog, analog clock and someone's like, what's the time? And you haven't looked at an analog clock for quite a while and you're like, it's <laughs> 5, 10, 15. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I should have got the watch with numbers. Yeah. One of the embarrassing things I've ever done is have like the Apple Watch on my hand and someone's seen the watch and kind of gone, oh, do you have the time? And I've got it on the phone. And like, <laughs> I'm like, don't you have a watch? And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's embarrassing. Don't even use it as a watch. So, what, so what do you do at Colorbride, though? Um, I Well, yeah, I'm one of the few designers. There's only me and one, two other designers there um, and the rest are developers, which is actually awesome because we get to do all the design and then other people develop it and we get to sit right with them and they're really good at what they do. Like, they're pro- definitely programmers at heart and um, – but have they all have a really good understanding of design as well, um, which I think is a really rare environment. I haven't really seen it in many places here where, you know, you're literally just sitting down next to the developer um, and we put everything in the browser pretty quickly. So 
we can kind of see how it feels instead of designing these like crazy things in, you know, we actually designed Keynote, which is crazy. Do you really? Yeah. It's, I was like, what? Keynote, what is this? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Slow down. Why? It's actually awesome. Yeah. Because so, I do quite a bit in Keynote as well. Yeah. I never even opened Keynote. And I, when they said they designed in Keynote, I was like, um, excuse me. What have I signed up <laughs> yeah, for? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was so not impressed. I was like, no way. Uh, but it's actually, yeah, I, I would definitely, I design it, my other freelance stuff in Keynote now, web websites, um, not print stuff. But um, it's because it is so amateurish that it's it's good because if I'm designing something for web and InDesign, I get so hung up on the dumbest things I would never be able to do in a browser. So, mm. typesetting or like working yeah. out, like, you know, changing the letting. Well, not you can change the letting in the browser, obviously, but like kerning and those kinds of things where you would just get, so hung up on like little details where you just can't do that in the browser anyway. So why waste time on it for that initial kind of round of the visual stuff? So um, yeah, it just it just stops you from getting hung up on little things that don't actually make a difference in the end. Yeah, um, which is really good. Because I've created a couple of um, I never told anybody, but I created quite a few things recently, like in in like last sort of six months in in Keynote that had little subtle animations and turn them into movies, turn them into GIFs. Yeah, that, that animation's actually really good. It's great because it's super simple as well So, and they've got all that kind of built-in stuff and everything. But I never told anyone because I just thought, oh, it's kind of like lying a little bit. <laughs> but I was like, but it looks good. Yeah. And if it's on screen and it works, then it just works everywhere. Yeah. Like exactly that it looks like. So. I, think, I think there's a breakdown coming where we stop caring about whether you've got the skill to do something and just yeah. really start taking it as like it works. So yeah. if it works, it works. Yeah, it kind of doesn't matter. I think it's yeah. I think it's more. I think I, I actually wrote about this the other week about what tools you use doesn't matter because mm. I think that's the biggest thing. Like some people use Sketch. I I still don't use Sketch. Or I'm not aboard the not a, quite aboard the Sketch train yet. Even though a lot of people have. It's not that I'm against it. I just haven't had to open it yet. <laughs> Gabby Lord, it. against Sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not like that at all. But everyone, at, other people at work use it and swear by it. Um, There's yeah. a lot coming out, though, that you have to constantly kind of be – I mean, we kind of talked about it last time. But, you know, the, the idea that we, we kind of got onto Slack – and then it was like Trello. No, everyone's using Trello. So we went to Trello and then no, everyone's using Slack. And then it was kind of like back and forth. And now there's new stuff coming out. Just and get a Slack bot for Trello to go into oh, really? Slack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so it feels like you're constantly kind of got to be on. And then in the end, you find something you're comfortable with, like Keynote, and then you just work. And I think, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I think we're going from an, from an era. Like it used to be like Quark. Yep. is for layout yeah. and oh, what was it like Dreamweaver, Flash and like all these things yep. are these specific things and then you look at something like our bread and butter like Photoshop and it's just kind of something that has kept kind of Frankenstein over time and it's kind of does everything really really well but it almost does too much stuff like yeah. in some cases I still find that hard because I, I was really taught yeah InDesign layout Illustrator logos and then Photoshop was like touching up photos and yeah. then I'll, I'll see something and I'll be like, how did you do that? And they're like, Photoshop. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it could do that. It's just I still... We well, can do everything, right? Like, yeah. You do everything in Photoshop, like pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I feel like at the moment, because I get this question a lot with people wanting to upskill and they're like, so what programs do we need to learn? Like, what do you teach us in programs? I'm like, well, you, you kind of need to learn that you need to teach yourself programs. Yeah, exactly. It's like by the time we... If we sat down and wanted to teach someone Axure or Marvel or Atomic or... 
mm. comet when it comes out or sketch. I'm like, we could teach you all that stuff, but that's just like teaching you how to pick up a hammer and hit something. Yeah. yeah. What, I, what I want to teach you is how that thing stays together and then you can use whatever tool you want to make that kind of thing happen. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like we're getting to a stage where we like designers like, you know, need to learn how to just adapt with these things because in six months there'll be 25 new tools out there, like 2,500 new tools out there yeah, yeah. that, you know, did, like did you see Craft come out? Yeah. Like Craft just came out and like kind What's of cut Kraft? out. I don't even know what it is. Right. It just cut out like a part of like your like layout, like the way that you do layout in a way, right? Yeah. I mean. Spacing and stuff. Yeah. There's so many things being released all the time that I just think it's impossible for for companies to expect you to know how to do everything for one and also to know specific things. Like if you if if you're coming into a job, you obviously know how to do do a task. How you kind of do that task, I think, is becoming irrelevant. It's mm, yeah. if you can if it you can get, you know, the ball to move from left to right, it doesn't matter how you made how you made that happen. Um, obviously things if you're collaborating with people, you need to be using the same tools. But um, even even with that, like I just think there's always a happy medium that you can come to when you're working with other people. And most of the time they will know the same things as you. Like there's always going to be crossover. Someone's always going to know Illustrator. Someone's always going to know Sketch. And yeah, like the really popular ones are everyone's going to kind of learn how to use them because you have to. And then the other ones are kind of a bonus, I think. And yeah, yeah you just, you kind of, you, you learn what you're interested in. But I, how, do, how do you stop from becoming a dinosaur like me, for example, where... I'm great with the pen tool. Sign up to Gabby Lord's <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Check out all the resources. But how? Do, I mean, how do you build that into your day? I mean, obviously you've got until ten to do all that sort of stuff. But <laughs> damn it! For the rest of us slugging, for the rest Why of us sl- slugging it away in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, usually you're sleeping in because you're hungover from. Uh, hey. Mm. Um, no, yeah, it, I think you have to be motivated. You have to want to do it. I think that's yeah. that's the big thing as well. But. Everything extra I've kind of learned has come out of something I've just wanted to do. Like if you have an idea and you want to do it and you don't have the skills to do it, there's nothing more frustrating than that. So you just teach yourself yep. how to do it. And I'm, I'm I'm also really into online learning. Like I really love I love Skillshare and those kinds of things. Mm. I do a lot of those classes and things that don't really relate to anything. Like the amount of just random illustration or um, lettering classes I've done on there. Or the other day there was like a comedic comedic writing one by the dude that wrote that um that article on comic sans he basically wrote this article like saying about comic it's like coming from comic sans like he is comic sans and it makes all these great references to like you know like slagging off gotham and helvetica and being like "Eh, what do they have that i don't like i'm fucking comic sans i'm the best (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i mean it's really interesting you talk about that kind of so i mean that's interest-led learning so like literally letting your interest guide you to what you're interested because then you'll be more motivated to do it and the needs-based learning about sort of jumping in the deep end and going shit i don't know how to swim i need to learn how to swim and and that's a really good motivator as well and i think i think that's something that education providers need to like bring more and more into uh into their curriculum which is really hard especially in australia the whole kind of regulation kind of barrier that we're set up with like no that that's how you do it like you must teach people how to use quark or you know some something that and you're not and not allowing for that kind of yeah just all the stuff that's coming with 2500 i think is how many you said 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I regret quoting an actual number. <laughs> I'm sure it's inaccurate. <laughs> Someone could correct me if they wanted to. But I think I think that's really interesting for the next generation of designers, or even if they're called designers, but you know what whatever they are, mm. just that tools are not that important. A hammer is a hammer is a hammer, sort of thing. And and maybe it doesn't need to be a hammer. Maybe you could use a wrench and it'd be just as good. And so, just as long as it works, yeah. Definitely. And it's so so so. In that case, what 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 do we, what do we what do we teach? What do we learn in order to kind of get ahead? I guess it's like that whole. The fundamentals of design are still the same, though, aren't they? Aesthetics and. I think it's still uh, we're going kind of going on a different path, but like I think like it's still good to teach designers like skills, like how to do use. Photoshop and everything like that. But I think also at the same time being aware that like this is why we're doing this. This is what we're doing. This is how you do it. This is why we're doing it right now like Mm. this. And so that we can be part of that change. So that it's like we understand the why that we're doing it like this so that later when things change, we're okay with it and we're not set in our ways and we're like, but Mr. Leach told me that, (laughs) you know, I have to set up my grid and it's always like this and I have to do have to set up your grid. And it's like, well, you don't actually do all these other other interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more about just laying that foundation so that people understand how the basics of everything works. Because once you kind of understand the basics of one program, you can kind of apply those when you open something else up. Like I'd never opened Keynote before, but. You know, I know what an eyedropper tool is and I can find where that yeah. is or, yeah. you know, I know I need a type palette somewhere. Um, like, why can't I right-click the background? Yeah. Oh, my God. And the hand. You can't use the hand in Keynote. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. You can't move around. Yeah. You have to zoom out and yeah. then it zooms out to the left corner. Yeah. Well, we try and keep it at 100% so that… Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really, I'm really bad at that. Sarah, who I work with, is always like, 100%, 100%. What's a, why, why the 100%? So that you're looking at everything at 100%. Like if you're designing a website and it's zoomed out at like 50%, you're only looking at it at half the size, right. not what it's actually going to look like. So you could have like huge type sizes and you're like, whoops, I thought that was only going to be half Yeah, because it size. would look really good at 50%. But then when you're actually, yeah, and then you see it, it's like right. way too big. Yeah. 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 So designing with the user in mind. Yeah. Well, designing with like the end goal like in front of you all the time. So it's like if you're if you're designing around it, then you like can't really quite read it. It's probably too small. Right. But if you zoomed in at double times and you're moving around, you're like yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> then you finish and you're like, actually, no one can read this. Yeah. Unless it's a small print, which you don't want people to read anyway. Small print for print. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for Gabby Lord? So you're here for basically taking a holiday. Yeah. Chilling out. A sabbatical because it's. Yeah, just a casual seven-week holiday. <laughs> Whoops. Nice. Uh, yeah. But then actually, yeah, I, I Is also- Is that pretty typical for Germany? Like just you y- don't start till 10, you get seven weeks holiday. Yeah. I also haven't mentioned I only work four days. Wow. Can we move? <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. I mean- German design radio. <laughs> yeah. GDR. GDR. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's only- Well, I've only been doing that for like six months now, but- yeah, because my visa actually now, I've just switched on to a new visa uh, called a freelance visa and I actually can't work full-time somewhere. So, I made that decision about six months ago that I wanted to stay freelance and not go full-time because I do have all these other projects that I'm really keen to work on and spending more time on my newsletter other than doing it yeah, at 11 o'clock on a Sunday <laughs> would be nice, but of course, I still leave it till then. But I do have a lot of other things I want, really want to pursue and I do love the digital aspect of A Color Bright, but I 
am a graphic designer at heart. I do still love print and, you know, have done a lot of writing as well. So other than my newsletter, I've been working a lot last year with uh, Thomas Williams, who was Hunt & Co. in yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. So he moved to the States last start of last year. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's totally an enigma. He's he, yeah. you think he's like you think it's like this giant studio, all these people doing all this stuff and um it's just one dude. He's he's just he's insane. I remember that when you and you and Chris basically got got him to come and speak at Creative Mornings. Yeah. Which we did like at Vivid. Yeah. That, with that big audience. And I was like, So like where's the rest of the team? You're like, no, it's like it's just, just him. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a crazy thing. So yeah, he was running Hunt and Co. in Melbourne as well as Made Publishers, which is Process mm. Journal, Nourished, um, Made Quarterly. Yeah. You know, just a just a few casual. It's crazy. And they're all beautifully, yeah. beautifully designed. He's an exceptional designer to say the least. Like mm. yeah, he has an incredible eye for that kind of thing. And just something he really was passionate about and wanted to do. Like I think the first copy of Process, he forked out like 10 grand of his own money just to make it happen. And Wow. Yeah, so he was pretty committed to say the least. Um, so, yeah, he moved to the States and, um, yeah, before he spoke at Creative Mornings, I, had done some, I did some freelance for him back then and we stayed in touch. We stayed friends and because he was moving as well. Like, you know, we had a lot in common about moving overseas and kind of finding our feet uh, in another country. And then, yeah, he had heaps of work. Uh, so I did some writing for process and interviewed some studios in in Berlin for him as well. Um, cool. So that worked out well. And he actually visited Berlin in October when he was changing. He had to change his visa and stuff, so he had to leave the country. Right. Came to Berlin, so that was fun. But yeah, it's it's been interesting because I never like saw myself as a writer, but I think I, I would probably do way more writing now than I do design which sounds weird, for side projects and also being a native English speaker at work, I do a lot of writing for that as well because they'll even if someone else writes something, I'll generally look over it just to make sure everything flows. But it's insane how well they write for non-native English speakers. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> just as good as you are at German, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> There's like this perfect meme that I don't know if it's a meme, but it sums it up perfectly, which is like me speaking German. It's like, hast du uh uh like in all these dots and then it's like this really formal reply from a German being like, oh, I'm very like, it's okay. Like setting up in a new country is hard and learning another language is, is can be difficult and blah, blah. It's like this super long, eloquent sentence <laughs> of being of like saying, don't worry, it's fine. Like all these things. And then I hope because this isn't my first language that I have like put this in a way that you understand. And then <laughs> then it's just like back to the English person just being like, Far out, <laughs> which means bicycle. <laughs> yeah, so that pretty much sums up my daily experiences pretty well. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to call the show Bicycle. Bicycle, yeah. That would be fun. So moving more into writing. I wouldn't say moving more in- more into writing, but I I like having that balance where I can do writing and do design as well. That ha- That has been an unintentional shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is actually something I found I like doing because I, th- I think that's the thing that most people run into trouble with. They lose motivation with doing side projects and things because they don't actually enjoy the process of doing them. They like yep. they just like the idea of having all this work or having this side project. And blogging is a perfect example of this where people are like, I'm going to start a blog. But then they hate blogging. I'm like, why? They hate writing. Yeah, they yeah. hate writing yeah. or they hate 
I'm just like, God, why are you doing this to yourself? Like do mm. something else. Do something you actually like doing because you'll never stick to this if you don't enjoy the process. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, it's great like hitting the send button and it goes out, going out, but I actually do enjoy sitting down and writing it and like looking over at all the links I've collected that week and kind of deciding which one I think is the best to put in that week and I think might I, be worse I think there's something lovely about writing as well because I think it's so tangible in the way that you – can see yourself getting better. Definitely. And it's, you know, it, you, it might, you know, when you first start out, it's like that first sentence is really tough. And then after a while, you're just writing and just writing and writing, writing. And then you're, it becomes more of an editing thing as opposed to necessarily writing thing. Yeah. Um, which I think is, and it's just so easy to see that, that you are getting more confident and better and able to kind of describe what, what you're, what get onto paper what you're trying to, which I guess is the same with anything. The more you do it, the, the the better you'll get. Yeah. It just honestly just showing up. That's the main thing. Like I, I don't feel inspired to write a blog post and I sit down and write a blog post. I just sit down to write a blog post and find something that will ins- inspires me. Like it's it's the act it's the other way around. Like you just have to show up to do something. Right. Um, you just have to start writing. Yeah, kind of thing. You, yeah. You just sit down and you just gotta start something. It's not like when you feel the urge to write or you feel the urge to design something. Um because, yeah, I mean, all these people that have these amazing side projects, Jessica Hish with her daily drop cap, you know, she wasn't compelled to, to do that at 2 a.m. on some mornings like she did just because she knew she had to get it out or she didn't have an idea of how this specific letter B was going to look. Just like, I need to do a B. So yep. here I am trying to do it. Like, let's, uh, this has got to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's the thing where people get a bit lost with getting things getting things going, the momentum, because, yeah. I, do, I really like the idea of showing up until it becomes a habit. How yeah. many times? It's like 21 times before something becomes a habit. I think it's. I think that's the, oh, really? the rule, yeah. So, if you do something 21 times, it, it forms that new myelin pathway so you can actually start feeling more comfortable doing that than not doing it. Yeah. There's a really good book on this, power, The Power of Habit. It's an awesome book, yeah. yeah. I find all that – I find that stuff really interesting. I have been reading a lot on that and that's also why I had to commit to a, a weekly thing because mm. it wasn't too much. But then, yeah, it, I, it was something I felt would be a challenge but I could commit to. I, I've just got a new app and I think it's got a really bad name. It's way of life. Okay. Way of life. Um, Jesus, it is. It is a bad day, that? but it's um. It's all about forming habits, which yeah. I've just started using, which is which is actually quite good. But I find with those apps, like I just find, I'm really excited about them for a couple of weeks. I tell everyone. So obviously, I just found this this week. Yeah. Um, you probably told more people about this app than ever any any app that you've ever told. No, no, no. Because because last week I was talking about Lark. Because I, oh, okay. I was really into Lark. All right, great. But it's um, but it's, so apps are just really throw away though. And it's like even so, I really like this one's all about habit forming and teaches you about the habit forming and all the rest of it, which I really enjoy. Um, it's still I'm just losing interest already. Yeah, I don't know. Is that what apps are now? Just- I don't think it's just specific to apps. But I mean, is it? It's it's one of those ridiculous things. Like you don't forget to eat. You know, or well, sometimes you do. That's probably a bad example. <laughs> something less glamorous: going to the bathroom. That you don't just forget to go to the bathroom. You have to do it. So, if you find something, it's. I think that was one of the examples um, that the guy he did a TED talk as well. This guy that wrote on the power of habit, and um, every time he went to the bathroom, he did two push-ups, just two. Like right. that's all. So it was just like adding. It's all about while adding, he was adding. going to the bathroom. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah, I don't know if I want to work with the guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it, I mean, it does have some merit. Two chin ups. <laughs> that would be well. You'd have to have a chin up bar though, so that's it's got to be, be a lot better than doing push ups. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about adding like a really tiny habit onto something that you yeah. always do. So you always go to the bathroom, and then you have to do the the two push ups. Then you can build on it, make it three and four, and then before you know it, you can do fifty push ups, and you're like, how did this happen? Going to the bathroom. Every time I exercise, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what's, what's going I on? know. I'm wondering whether there's something happening with like, you know, Pavlov's dog. Maybe it works both ways. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll do a follow-up talk. And <laughs> A lot of the stuff in your newsletter, like a lot of it kind of seems geared to people that are trying to better their careers or new tools, like the resources section and stuff like that. Aspiring people trying to be better at stuff. So, do you have any kind of like... Aspiring advice for budding <laughs> designers. Um, for budding designers or Berlin designers? I said Either. I said budding. Okay, but they could be. Either they could or. Be in Berlin. Budding, budding Just Berlin in your designers. best German. Oh, I'm not going to do that because someone who is German or understands German will listen to this and they will hunt me down. Bicycles. Far, yeah. Far out, yeah. Um, oh God, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that I wish I could tell a younger self, but yeah, yeah I think like. I think getting involved is really, really important. Like it's actually funny now I'm like saying no to everything, like saying no to full time, no to five days a week, no to coming in at nine, like all this. Now I'm like saying no to everything, but how I got to a point where I could actually be in a position to do that is by saying yes to everything first. Mm, Like saying, yes, I will volunteer at this event. I will help sell tickets like I literally did everything I could when I was at uni like semi-permanent AG ideas um grad shows creative mornings creative mornings like anything anything that I could do I would do and I even just like chatting to my lecturers and going to events that they had planned and stuff like actually one of the first people to message me when I landed was Andrew Barnum who was my old headmaster oh yeah yeah so I thought that was really nice like you you form these relationships with people and then they but because you're there at everything, they, they're going to think of you um, if something pops up because these are the people that are working in the industry. Um, so I think that's just a massive thing because every job I've ever gotten has been through someone. Like I've never gotten a job by yeah. going applying online or going to an interview or something, like literally not one. So Yeah, and it's not about going to a networking event and going, okay, cool, time to network. No. It's it's kind of these organic (laughs) relationships. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I think you have to go to these things because you want to invest and and you you have to genuinely be interested as well um, because people are going to smell it on you if you want something. You have to to form these relationships before you need something and not do them with the intention of needing something, but those kinds of things just always happen. Like if you get along with someone and something pops up, of course you're going to be like, hey, this person's looking for someone or, you know, they're doing this project or Mm. these things just kind of happen. And uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's how A Color Bright happened. I met when I was in Berlin visiting Maggie, I met Sarah, who's another Australian who is working at A Color Bright. So I just happened to meet her when I was in Berlin that week and then that's how I got the job a year later. So at that time I wasn't thinking about moving to Berlin or getting a job or I had to be friends with this person because something will come out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we were just having a few beers in a in a bar one day and got to know each other and then, yeah, a year later we were working together. So I think um, definitely just putting yourself out there so that, you know what's going on and you're invested 
in something because you can't see any returns in something that you're not genuinely invested in. That's like bumper sticker, right? Yeah. <laughs> no returns on something you're not invested in. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it is really true, I think. Like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, nothing I've ever – I've never – yeah, I've never applied for a job, I just realized. I think that takes us to the end. This is the part at the end of the show <laughs> where we ask everyone where they can find you. Matt, where can people find you? On Twitter at Leechworth, L-E-A-C-H-W-O-R-T-H. And you on all your social media things and also how can people find out about the newsletter because I really want people to, to check it out. Uh, you can subscribe to my newsletter at omglord.com forward slash subscribe. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram at omglord. Sweet. I love, I love it. You've embraced the OMG Lord so yeah. much. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to Australian Design Radio. So you can find this episode and more at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at AUS Design Radio. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye.